the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Situation Report, where we do our best to give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stolnicker. I'm here with Chad Robichaux. And when we talk about culture, we are talking about something bigger than American culture. Uh, although American culture is where we live, culture has influenced our American culture by cultures outside of the United States. In fact, uh, more and more, maybe we're beyond the point where we need to say more and more, but we're living in a global culture. Right. We're living in a world where something that happens on one side of the planet impacts what's happening Absolutely. on the other side. And so what's happening in countries that we may never go to really do have a profound impact on what happens in the United States. And, and one of those things that we have felt as Americans um, for a long time, but, but certainly over the last, you know, since the early part of this century, is Muslim influence in the United States. And I think many people have become aware of that and, and aware of what some of that means. And as Christians, we're trying to certainly evangelize, that's the word that we use, share the gospel with people from all over the world. But now we are confronted perhaps with the idea of evangelizing um, a very religious culture that in many ways is very opposed to Christianity. And so yeah. doing that is certainly the fulfillment of the Great Commission that we've been given. Uh, but understanding how to do that is a little more difficult. I think it starts with understanding how to interact with different cultures. One of the yeah. great things about America is, uh, you know, the, the peace and prosperity. And it may not look like peace and prosperity if you turn on the news right now, but right. in truth, to being, a, 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 being yeah. in separate parts of the world, there's peace and prosperity and opportunity for so many things in America uh, that are just not, you just don't have around the world. And so you kind of can be in this little bubble. Right. And, uh, and I think it's so important for all of us, if we have an opportunity in our adult life, is to go to other co countries visit other countries, experience other cultures, and uh, learn about other people and how to interact with other people, especially if you're going to be a, a Christian doing what we're called to do, and, and, right. and that's uh, to share the gospel with others and, and make disciples. Um, you can't do that with other cultures if you don't experience those cultures. Sure. One, of the things, one of the things that I, I feel really privileged in my life to have done, and I've been to over, you know, between 50 and 60 countries uh, in, my, in my life, and, and, uh, and some of those countries I lived in were were Muslim countries, yeah. and I can tell you that living in Muslim countries and being I mean, a Christian here in America, how difficult I, I could imagine it being. And I never done this. I never went to a Muslim country and shared the gospel. But I, I know from my experience being in Muslim countries, the laws, the restrictions, the cultural obstacles, how difficult it would be to go to a Muslim country and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with 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 Muslims. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, not only culturally acceptable right. but against the law and some and, and by high by high consequences in some cases and uh but you know doing it here in this country uh doing it abroad you know i, th I think it begins with understanding those cultures right. understanding who they are why they believe what they believe and understand understanding the, the cultural differences one of the one of the important aspects of, of understanding is experience uh, i think about what we do in our work with the mighty oaks foundation 
where we do our best to share truth and direction with veterans, those who have served in the military, those who are serving in the military. And, and we do that a number of ways, but we start with shared experience. Uh, I can help you who have served in the military, who've been in combat, because I was there too. And so I've lived much of what you're living. And because of that, we have a common bond. We have a common experience. And <coughs> the walls of you don't understand what it's like to be me have gone right. down. And so a big part of evangelizing other cultures, I think, is coming from those cultures. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I may not be the most qualified person because of my background, the way I grew up, to reach somebody in Islam. Yeah. And we need to do our best to, to share the gospel with everyone. But I think the most impact happens when God uses our experience to That's reach right. yeah. others just like us. And uh, thankfully, we've got a great guest on, Yuxel Karada. Yes, sir. That's it. Yes. I did it right. Man, I did it right. <laughs> you did it. Yuxel is with us to, uh, to help us understand uh, some of this and, and talk about evangelizing the Muslim world. And, uh, man, what a huge topic, but one that is so important for us to understand. You lived in Ephesus, Turkey, yes. which, as someone who loves the Bible and reads the Bible and the journeys of the Apostle Paul, the book of Ephesians, and all that took place there, uh, man, what an incredible thing. Accepted Christ, though, um, when a missionary shared the gospel with you. And as yes, I understand right. it, it was a South Korean missionary. Yes. <laughs> shared the gospel, which is awesome. Um, and now you and your family are missionaries to the Muslim world. Uh, man, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes. So can, can you share, really just uh, tell us your story of coming to faith, your journey, and maybe even some of the the struggles that you faced along the way, some of the hardships yes. you faced and persecution you faced with, uh, with, with sharing the gospel to other Muslims. Sure. Um, thanks so much again for hosting me here. Uh, my name is Yuxel Krada. I'm from Ephesus, uh, Book of Ephesians. I'm sure you know. <laughs> and my, I'm married. I have two kids. And my wife, her name is Dijle, and she's a Galatian girl. She's okay. from Galatia. I'm from Ephesus. Now we are in Texas, now writing book of Texans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, um, I used to be a Muslim. I went to Islam school. I studied Quran. I read the Quran in Arabic and in Turkish, cover to cover. I did practice uh, Islam like one day, five times to go to the mosque. In a week, it makes like 75 times. Wow. No, 75, 35 times. And for Christian, for us, it's very hard to go for some Christian. Yeah. Once a week. One time so a week, yeah. It's yeah. You see what, how but it's different so anyway but as long as i grow when i came to a certain age i start to question myself like who am i and what is the purpose of my life and what will what will happen to me after i die i read psychology books like uh, yeah philosophy books Immanuel kant aristotle socrates and these philosophy books but the books what i read they were talking to my mind but we are human god created us with his with his spirit and we have the spirit and we are seeking the truth not from our minds but from our hearts so i couldn't find the answers and for a while later i became sick mentally i was not speaking i was shaking and crying and my depression some days for two hours some days for three hours but i had depressions almost every day and i find out this we are all coming to life this life from our parents we go to the school after school we have jobs we get to marry children grandchildren and we get retired and what we die and i say what is the purpose of this life then why why, why am i living there is no reason you born and is you know when you're born in islam we all born naked from our parents and in islamic culture when they bury you they bury you almost almost naked under the soil just they cover you with a white cloth done yalla 
And I said, is that all? Then why shall I live? I was already sick mentally and I decided to kill myself. And I went to a solitary area, like wood, mountain. Yeah. I had some, yeah, I, I had water with me and I put poison into the water and I shake all the poison, I drink it all. Because I was seriously lost purpose of my life. I lost my hope in this life. So two retired banker couples who get who get retired from a bank while they were hiking they found my body mm. they rushed me to hospital i don't remember any of this mm. part and when i open my eyes i find it out later and the doctors put serum from my nose to my stomach they clean my veins and after i physically recovered they the hospital sent me to mental hospital i was in the mental hospital for three months but nothing being changed. I was still sick. I had depressions. I was not speaking, shaking and crying. I asked my same questions, the purpose of life, why we came here to psychologists in the hospital. They couldn't give me, they just give me a book into my hands. They said, read this, but I was still sick. So what happened is I left from the hospital. Um, we, uh, they, they were giving me sleeping, sleeping pill. It was a small, like the size of a rice. 36 of them I put a table, I drink all of them. 36 sleeping, one of them were keeping me sleepy like 17 hours. 36 of them, I shouldn't be live today. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I shouldn't be live today here. And then what happened is, they rushed with, the, my, my sister found my body, they rushed to the hospital and a long story short, clean my veins, put serum from my nose, my stomach. And I was so angry after I recovered. I said, not only to kill someone, even you cannot kill yourself. What kind of a man you are? Mm. I was blaming myself. Mm. <coughs> and then uh, one day I met with a gentleman, a Korean gentleman. He gave me a New Testament Bible. I still have that Bible. And first time, I, when I was 22, first time I was holding the Word of God. And I started to read it, especially Sermon on the Mountain. It really touched my heart because as soon as I started to read it, I compared it with the Quran. And I, when I finished Book of John, at that time I did not talk with any Christian, just one man gave me the Bible, that's it. And I didn't read any Christian uh, books or Christian books. After I finished Book of John, I said this, if there is a God, God of Quran and God of Bible cannot be the same God. That's what I said by myself. Mm. I went to the church, asked them my question, it was an underground church. So and all this, when people always say that one God all different, much of different paths to God. You're saying that's not possible. No, 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 no it's, it's not a different God. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's hundred percent different God. And what happened is, I went to the church, asked them a question. There was an old gentleman. He was around like seventies, and he was holding his Bible. He was even he was shaking. He was very old. He opened to me. He opened the Word of God, John chapter fourteen six. Jesus said, "This you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." And I said to him, "I know the truth will." Set everybody free. What is the truth? Hmm. John chapter 14, he opened. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I confused there. I was going to the show. Why Jesus said, the truth will set you free, and I am the truth. The second week I came, I asked them more questions. But they gave me the answer from the word of God. But by the way, I was still sick, brother Chad. I was still not speaking time to time, shaking and crying. So what happened is one, sun one Sunday, yeah, March in 1996, third Sunday at 1.15 p.m., I gave my life to Christ. Wow. And then several weeks I came to the church. Oh, what happened is by this time, after I gave my life to Christ, I was going to the church earlier than the anybody. Before the pastor, <laughs> I was coming to the church, but I was not a Christian yet. You know why? Because this is what I found. Because I saw 
love of God in that church. That's why I, I was not a Christian. But Mondays, for example, oh, it's Monday, six days left. Oh, today is Wednesday. Like, I was counting hours to go to the church. Because I don't know what kind of a church you guys going or this like that. Maybe your pastor is the best preacher. Your worship team is the best, best worship team in the town. But the best sermon your church can give to a non-Christian is the love of God. Right. That is the best sermon any church can preach. Right. And that I seen the love of God living in that church and I gave my life to Christ. But I, I was still sick. I had depression. And one night when I was sleeping, I had a dream. In my dream, I seen Lord Jesus. His face were brighter than this light and his right arm and his robe extremely brighter than this. He didn't say anything, touch my toes, my knee and my heart. And when I opened my eyes, there was nobody, anybody in my room. Second day, third day, fourth day passed. And when I looked my past four days, I was not sick anymore. Mm. And my life changed from that uh, moment. You know, when you have a dog, when you leave, the, when you leave your home, like for a few hours, when, you, when the dog is hearing, it's just, you open the door, right. but the dog runs the door, <laughs> yeah. you know, excited, I joy. Yeah, yeah. After I, from that night, visitation of Jesus Christ, my life changed. I was so much happy. I was running, I was smiling. I said, what happened to me? <laughs> Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't well, it God is great? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is mightyoaksprograms.org. So you accepted Christ and then, you know, God used you to begin sharing the gospel. Because when something like that happens to you, you don't want to keep that. No, nah, you cannot. Seriously, yeah. you cannot. I was, the church where I was going, there was an evangelist, they were loving, they were sharing the gospel, but nobody didn't tell me after I gave my, okay, you said now you're a Christian, so your responsibility is to preach the gospel. Nobody didn't read to me or encourage me, hey, Matthew 28 says, go ahead. Yeah. All nation preach to God, nobody. But as soon as I meet with God's presence, as soon as I meet with His Holy Spirit, His power, something pushed me to preach the gospel on the market no church members didn't know and i also didn't know how to preach the gospel but i was reading them sermon on the mountain yeah and then what happens after like three four months later when i was preaching the gospel the police came and arrested me and they put me i remember like a white ford uh, vehicle ford brand vehicle they put me there they brought me there. after the handcuff they brought to the court and they questioned me there, and later on they brought me to the terrorism task force, like SWAT team, like that kind of Turkish SWAT team, let's say. 
and they question me there and question me more like who are you what are you doing this thing like something like that and they tied my legs to a chair they put the handcuff like this and you are not able to move they start to hit my face my nose were bleeding and my lips were bleeding they were hitting my shins and what happened is i mean i cannot explain that moment how i mean it sounds crazy but how beautiful that moment was the, re the reason this they were hitting me but suddenly something happened to my body i was not feeling the pain you know when we are driving the car when we have when we have an accident what if the airbags comes out and you don't feel the, that mm -hmm. crush the the god's present were so so beautiful and thick in the room and i i seen with my eyes I mean, they're hitting me and they were cursing me i hear that they were cursing with my ears but i was not feeling the pain because the presence of god was out and i started to cry there but not because of the, the pain and suddenly a mercy came to my heart and i said to the police officer not only beat me even if you kill me i will still love you too because jesus loves you too it wasn't me who said that believe me it wasn't me because i was just three months believer i didn't know how many books uh, how many chapters in the john how many total books in the but i didn't know i knew one thing jesus christ is he's yeah. real yeah all, all of these things i know and i didn't know um, because when the presence of god comes at that time you don't see um you see at the time what god wants you to see you hear at the time what holy spirit wants you to hear and your mouth is not belongs to you your tongue is does not serve you at the time god is taking the fully control and you say whatever holy spirit says yeah. and you see whatever you see whatever holy spirit wants you to see and you hear what god. it yeah. wasn't just three months later, man. yeah it's amazing <laughs> you know the book of peter talks about how we should not be surprised when we're tried for our faith but that we should rejoice that we get to participate in the suffering of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what you're talking about. Yes. I'm, I want to tell you this. Um, the Bible, the, you know, when we go to Bible school, what is the tools? We have nice desktops on the table. We have projector machines and the nice chairs and the professor comes. Hey, guys, open your Bible. We will study the book of Isaiah. But our Bible school tools were different about the studying uh, God or learning about God. Our Bible school tools were pain chain bruise <laughs> blood and those things teach how this teach us how god is beautiful and how much love his love is great I, you cannot learn yeah. these things in the bible That's you right. need to live yeah. it <laughs> yeah how, how many times were you arrested over your um total seven times and three times physically i've been tortured and uh, but i want to say this on this earth and um, there are christians um who loses their life daily in this world but nobody is not worthy to lose their life or to face persecution or to face torture for his who we are we are not worthy you are not worthy to face person i am not seriously not worthy it's his grace yeah who we are we are just a dust man See, mm. we are just a dust and he's almighty god that's right we, we, we are not worthy i mean there are christians losing their heads things like that we are not worthy. It's His grace. Wow. Incredible. So, yeah, there are many things I can say, but that was my... When, my when we talk about, so with all of that in mind, and you uh, were able to get out of that, out of Turkey, you left Turkey. Yes. And you're continuing to evangelize the Muslim world. With that in mind, 
What are some things Americans need to understand when it comes to evangelizing Muslims? We talk about America, we like to say that Islam is a religion of peace. That's probably not the case. What, what are Americans missing as it relates to Islam and the Muslim community and the Muslim world? What do we need to understand about evangelism to that community? Okay, um, there are, how can I say? Number one is Islamic God and our God are not the same. I saw here also in the United States some churches, people preach um, Quranic Jesus and our Jesus are the same Jesus or things like that. No, I'm sorry, that's not a, uh, true. I need to, I'm a child of God. I, I'm, I am not saying this because of I was a Muslim, but the Quranic Jesus is not our Jesus. The biggest difference between Islam or Quran and the Bible, Christianity and Islam, biggest, biggest difference is identity of Jesus Christ. Yeah. According to Quran, Jesus is not son of God. And according to Quran, Jesus did not die on the cross. And according to Quran, Jesus did not resurrect it from the dead. So those are the things that the backbone of the Christianity. Right. If you remove one of them, there is no more Christianity. Right. Right. So that's why um, we, we, as a Christians, to preach the gospel to Muslims, we need to focus on these things. No matter what they believe, we cannot. I cannot shift or change my religion according to their religion or right. my faith to their faith. Right. It's. Uh, it's clear that the, the, they denying the sonship of Jesus Christ and the Trinity, they don't accept that. And uh, But the way we can share the gospel is with the Muslim. Number one is the love. The agape love. The, the Another thing is when the Muslim, a Muslim gives his life to Christ, his or her life to Christ, that means he is leaving all his family, all his, um, all families. My wife has been rejected. She was studying at Oxford University in England. Then she became a Christian there. One night, in one night, she became a homeless. In one night, from a nice place, a nice apartment, because her father was very wealthy, and in one day she became a homeless. She stayed in the street one night. In one night, because and, she gave her life to Christ. Yes. And later on, things happened. She was kidnapped, and uh, lots of things happened in England. But what happened is, there was a family. They heard about her, and then this family take her to missionary family, took took her to their house, and they take care of her. Mm. So when a Muslim gives their life to Christ, when when a Muslim gives his he or she gives their life to Christ, that means they they have no more mother, they have no more father, no more sister, no more uncle. So. You know, if this thing, if the, those are the things, if a Muslim loses when they became a Christian, so who will replace these things? We, Christian, we right. need to be their new parents, new brothers and new sisters. And if you don't take care of these things, then why they will stay? Because they became a Christian from the Muslim world, they, according to Quran, yeah. <laughs> behaving. Yes. So you need, we need to take care of these people when they gave their life to Christ. Yeah. Wow. How do you communicate um, how do you communicate the difference between the Bible and the Quran, the gospel and the teachings of Islam? How do you have that conversation with, um, with Muslims? I'm an evangelist and I'm asking, when I talk to the uh, Muslim, normally I, 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 this is the way I ask the question, uh, God forbid, but 
when will when you die where will you go i'm asking from there they said we don't know allah knows and i'm saying if you ask me that question my answer is i will go to the heaven he asked how do you know i said because jesus said i am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except by me and i'm starting from there and when they, when they hear the name of jesus oh say oh the jesus he, he never died yeah. and it's he oh he didn't die and it opens me a huge way to preach the gospel and i'm saying why he needs to come i'm starting from the book of genesis and all the way to revelation i'm why he should come why he should die and i'm talking to i'm explaining to them but the thing is um behind the islam there's a dark spirit i mean we cannot deny it so as as it doesn't matter how much you know the theology we cannot win the any muslim's heart if they have a dark spirit so we need to go to towards them with the holy spirit with the holy spirit yeah i mean it's i mean you guys were in army can you be then a tank with your hmm. wrist no so if they have a, that kind of a spirit so best way to destroy that kind of a spirit is the spirit of god the holy spirit yeah so i mean we are talking about islam but i want you to know okay the muslims killed my friends the muslims killed them my wife and they cut her throat but she survived and the muslims put me to jail and torture me things like that but please let you know this i do not hate muslims i love them muslims are great people they are just victim of islam i was a victim too and we were all victim of a different kind of religion different kind of faith but muslims are good they are victim of uh, islam so that's why we, we we love them yeah. seriously we love them with yeah. all of our hearts right i don't hate them i don't have a muslim enemy i have a my enemy is the satan and we love uh, muslim people and the crazy thing is you know the day one of the important day on this earth was the the day of the pentecostal day the day when the holy spirit come and then when you read the book of acts chapter 2 there were lots of uh, it says the like um creeks the hebrews yeah. they were there and then right before the cretans who were there do you know arabs mm. where of god says the acts yeah. chapter 2 the day of the pentecostal if the arabs were present of living god the day of the pentecostal and why not today yes that's right why not today we don't hate them we love them that's good god lost them god did not god did not give up from them so we will not give up them. that's true muslims doesn't have any small thing in their hearts towards the micro they don't love my christ the real biblical christ they have no love for christ and they have zero love for biblical christ and i have zero hateness against the muslims from my heart i love them in fact you've committed your life to reaching them yeah that's yeah and by danger you put yourself in danger to go back and, and reach them it, yes i mean that's right i mean we will go we are me and my wife we are reaching the muslims in europe and in different parts of the europe and sometimes because i don't want to mention some middle east uh countries we are preaching the gospel there with the most and amazing amazing thing brother uh chad uh, i know we don't have too much time but i want to tell you this talk with the muslim background believers any believers but you will hear this 40 percentage of the muslims they came to christ through reading new testament and especially the sermon on the mountain the sermon on the mountain is like a knife when they read it goes deep into their heart the rest 40 percentage of the muslims you know how they come to christ they are coming to christ through dreams and visions mm. Mm. the reason 
the Muslim sees lots of dreams because they are more spiritual and God talks to them their spiritual language and they see the, they are sheikhs like very high position in Islamic hierarchy or Islamic place you cannot and I cannot go and I cannot preach these guys they are doing the Islamic practice before they go to bed while they are sleeping Jesus Christ visits them in a dream guess what they go to bed as a Muslim they get out of the bed tomorrow morning as a child of God so this and in West we don't see dreams because here in Western world we are more uh, they are more spiritual and we are more ma ma materialist. Material, yeah. So that's why we see if we had it, so what that was a dream. That's why God touched our when God touched our uh, physical uh, how do you say that the materials at that time we give our life to Christ. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let me ask you one last question. We could talk about this for a long time, but. One last question. As Americans, with all the problems we have, <laughs> why should American Christians, and I'm sure I know your answer, but why should American Christians support the work that you and others are doing to reach Muslims in the world? Thank you uh, for this question. Um, we come from that culture, and we know that culture. And the, another thing is, um, we... 2018, over almost 200 Muslims, I mean, with our travels in Europe, they gave their life to Incredible. Christ. I mean, it's not, I mean, in spite of us, I can say God is working. In spite of me, God is working. And then our future plan is, in, in, let's say, in, in four years, our future plan, we want to start training schools in different parts of the Europe, in uh, in. Greece, in Bulgaria, and there are lots of Muslims in Germany, lots of Muslims, and then in these countries also refugees who just freshly escaped from their own country. So when they are in these countries, when later on the United Nations brings them to America or Canada, so our goal is to reach them in these countries, Great. and when they come to USA, they can reach their own people here. Yeah. And then as I said, if God spoke to your heart, you can uh, bless our ministry. But we, me and my wife, we say this ministry is not our job, but it's our joy. I used to do diamond business back in the Turkey. I was selling who, who, uh, whole. I was a wholesaler diamond, supplying the Dubai gold market. Okay, yeah. finally. <laughs> so I was in I was in jeweler business, but after I met with Christ and then everything. And I find out this Christ is much more precious than the diamond. That's amazing. Mm, yes. That's so awesome. That's a ministry. My wife studied at Oxford. I mean, she can do great business there and here. Mm. And then we did. We did some business. God really blessed us. Later on, we repent. I mean, working, doing business is not sin, but it's not our call. Sure. That's why we, we sold our business in the USA. Yeah. We sold it right away because we felt, no, God did not bring us to here to make uh, money. Nothing wrong being uh, rich or making money, but our call is reaching the most. Awesome. Yuxel, thank you. Yuxel Karada. This is, uh, if you're watching, you can see the card here. Horizons International, and uh, you can learn more at horizonsinternational.org. You have a website as well. Yours is... Or email, right? Yeah, email. I okay. have an email. It is Three Red Nails. Three Red Nails. Yeah, with number three red nails. It is representing three nails on the cross, okay? And that's <laughs> at dot com. Gmail. At Gmail. Okay, three red nails at gmail.com. 
and uh, you can reach out directly. Uh, thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, it's an honor. honor. Thanks honor so you. much. It's amazing what you're doing, Yuxa. Oh, thanks so much, guys. Thank, uh, I'm learning lots of things from you. Also. We need each other's prayer and love. That's right. Yeah. Wonderful. What an honor to hear Uxell's testimony, and we could probably spend, you know, many, many minutes, <laughs> hours talking about all of the things that he talked about to us and so many different aspects of his life and ministry. And uh, when we think about people, and we use the word hero, and we use words like that, and courageous, we use those things um, sometimes pretty loosely. As a Christian, I think of people like Uxell and his family, and think, man, they are courageous heroes. They are doing what needs to be done, but what may cost them their lives for the cause of Jesus Christ, and what a privilege it is to get to know some of those folks. There are a lot of takeaways, but I want to sum up for today's situation report. Probably a number of things, again, we could outline, but the big takeaway for me, and perhaps for you, is this one. As Christians, if you're a Christian, if you're a person of faith who believes that it is our responsibility to reach others with the truth of Jesus, we need to support those like Uxell and his family who have come out of communities that they can then go back to with experience, with understanding, and with compassion. He talked about his broken heart for those that he left and those that have been so unkind to him and his family. We need to support those that can go back and speak at an eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball level with a heart of compassion, knowing where they are, where they've come from, and where they can go if they understand who Jesus Christ is and how he can impact their lives. Uh, so many takeaways, but my big takeaway is this. Let's support those who are doing the work, who have the experience, who have the background, and who are going forward courageously for the cause of the gospel. And that is today's Situation Report. Thank you for watching and listening. Looking forward to having you with us again next week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.